Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Ah, uh, the greatest rock band I never got a chance to see. Welcome back. This is the second hour of At Your Service tonight. Dave Simon's filling in and so glad to be here. Just enjoying it. Uh, yeah. Um, that Dave Simons, the guy who does the dollars and cents show for the last 26 years, but lately kind of on a, a, a routine to come in every couple of weeks. And I've, I've really enjoyed it. Although I will tell you, uh, as this has become more frequent, it's come at a time where the topics are pretty heavy. I mean, they're, we had a lot of the pandemic related issues that we had to talk to, which is not easy to navigate through. And, um, uh, it, recently, economically, it's been inflation and how that's really caused a problem for a lot of Americans. Of course, we've had politics. That's that's something that I typically avoid, but sometimes you can't help but at least delve into a little bit. You kind of toe the line and back off a little bit. You can't totally ignore it. And now this, I mean, this is the granddaddy of them all. I mean, you, the, the pictures and the video that are coming from Ukraine are heart-wrenching. And we don't know where this is going. And at the same time, um, the fear on this is uh, what's going to happen in the financial markets if this thing goes completely off the rails. And that's really what I want to continue discussing as we ended the last hour talking a little bit about the financial markets and how I've actually taken comfort in the fact that we've not really had a lot of big panic selling. You don't have the Dow falling 1,500 points. I, I always gauge that when I get emails and calls from clients. It, generally, when, when that traffic starts to pick up, from a contrarian standpoint, that tells me we're near the bottom. That just is the way that it works. Time and time again, when there's a lot of greed, when I sense greed that people are going to mortgage the house and buy more stocks, which, by the way, I haven't seen in about 20 years, since the tech bubble burst. But when, when you see something like that, that concerns me. Conversely, when you sense that there's a, a, some palpable fear out there among investors, that tells me that maybe much of the correction is behind us because people have already done their selling. And that's really what we're seeing here a lot. Every investor sentiment index and reading that I look at shows a lot of bearishness, a lot of concern, a lot of angst, gnashing of teeth. And in a way for the market, that's good. I'll just cite one example, the CNN Fear and Greed Index. That's been around a long time. But the index 
What I like about it is they track seven indicators of investor sentiment. So they look at oh, stocks. It gets a little technical, but it's stock price strength and breadth and put and call options, which can be looked at in terms of are the are, are the big option buyers, are they bearish or bullish? Then you can look at what's called the VIX, the market volatility. All these things go in and then a number is assigned based on the mechanics of those seven indicators. Zero to 100. Zero is extreme fear. By the way, we've never hit zero as far as I know. And extreme bullish is 100. I don't, I've never remembered it. It's it's 100. I remember back in the day was like at 95, which is never a good time to be adding to the market when everybody is bullish. So there's extreme fear at zero, extreme bullish at zero, Neutral is 50, kind of in between. There's just regular fear, if there is such a thing, and regular bullishness. My friends, today, that index hit 13. That's in the extreme fear category. A week ago, it was 18, which was also extreme fear. And we've gone down even a little bit more. A month ago, it was at 35, which is just kind of in the, I'm a little fearful. A year ago at this time, it was 49, neutral. Kind of interesting. Hasn't been overly bullish there for a while. It's just gotten completely worse. But now we're so far down. By the way, has it ever even hit one? Yeah, it it has a couple of times. Most recently, on March 12th of 2020. Remember what was going on back then? The economy was shutting down. People were told to stay home. We were getting early reports of now Americans are dying of this thing called COVID-19 and the market was plummeting. On that day, when the CNN Fear and Greed Index fell to one extreme fear, that day the Dow dropped almost 10%. It was like a 23.5 and it fell down to like 21 or a little even under that, somewhere around there. It, on a percentage basis, it was the biggest one-day drop since Black Monday, October 19th of 1987. No wonder it fell to one. Guess what a great time to buy in the market was? Well, pretty much the next day. Did the pandemic go away? Nope. People are still getting it to this day, aren't they? And it was serious there for a long time. But the market rebounded. In March, when people were at their most bearish, we're not at one, and maybe we could if something worse comes out of that war over there. But being at 13, that's one of the reasons why I said in the last hour, I think the majority of the pullback is behind us using that sentiment. So what if this is interesting here for me? We've just got to address it, all right? Is it possible that Putin, who feels he has no way out and everything has gone wrong, and he thinks, if I'm going out, I'm taking everybody else out. I mean, am I being too morbid even bringing something like this? Is this is this indelicate to mention the word nuke and what could happen there? I don't think so, because it is being discussed. And that's one reason why people get upset with a guy like Senator Lindsey Graham, who says, yeah, maybe we should take Putin or not us, but somebody internally. 
All right. Where's who's there? Brutus over there in Russia. Now, it's interesting because that's something that we are all thinking. Who hasn't thought about that wonderful possibility that someone within Russia who could have access to him, who would not be outed like what happened with Hitler and failed attempted assassination there? Who what American, what person around the world hasn't thought that? But when you're a sitting senator, you can't say that because that raises the stakes. And now Putin can use that. He can use that to say, see, the Americans now are talking about assassinating me. This is a declaration of war. Now I have an excuse to do even worse things. That's why you can't do that. So there's a company called BCA Research. I use them. They're a Canadian company. They actually, they've, they've been an independent provider of global research for many, many decades. I think even back to like World War II. So they have a really interesting take on the possibility of a nuclear apocalypse. I want to share that with you. It's, I don't know, are they being serious? Is a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek? Maybe a little bit of both? I want to talk about that. And then one more thing on the market before we completely change gears, but one more thing on the market as well when we come back. This pullback that we've seen, this drawdown so far in 2022, uncannily, it is exactly the average of the drawdown of every calendar year for nearly a century. I'll explain what I mean by that, and maybe you can take a little comfort when you hear real data that what we've seen so far is actually normal. My name is Dave Simons. Yes, that certified financial planner and host of the Dollars and Cents show on Sundays. But for now, getting to talk about virtually anything that's happening in the world. And we know what those issues are. And we've been trying to tackle them so far tonight. So thanks for tuning us in uh, tonight. Appreciate it very much here on Camo X. It is 9.15 and we will be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right, my friends, welcome back at your service on Camo X. Dave Simons is in tonight. Thank you so much for tuning us in. You know, um, the last thing I normally do before I turn out the lights and go to bed is look at uh, the futures in the market because I'm a nerd and a little bit of a loser, and that's what I do. So, uh, and that's the first thing I typically do when I get up in the morning. I have this routine, and, and the reason I tell you that is because Normally, that actually gives you some indication of what the market may be doing. Um, so I look at it right now, and it shows the Dow futures, which means what what it shows right now that the Dow would likely open up or down tomorrow is up 66 points. Okay, not a bad start. Lately, that's been 100% meaningless. So volatile. You wake up in the morning, and... Literally, as I've just been speaking here for a few seconds, Dow futures are now up 75. Just like that. Boom. 75. Uh, by the time we sign off here in about 40 minutes, it, it could be down 100. I'm, and, and I've never, I don't remember this much change, even in the futures and then when the market opens. So it's going to be really interesting. I could wake up. I'm an early, I'm an early to bed, early to rise kind of guy. Here it is at 921. And normally posting the show, of course, I would be getting ready for bed, do a little bit of reading, check those futures, get up 5, 5.30, check the futures again because I'm a nerd, and uh, have my coffee, read the Wall Street Journal, have a little small breakfast, do my workout, like this morning, a 30-minute swim and a 45-minute strength workout in the gym, and then I'm ready to go. It's 8 o'clock, and I've done everything already. I'm ready to hit it, and in that amount of time, the Dow futures could be up 200, down 180, up six. It's just, it's been crazy. Remember when I said the Dow futures were up 75 a couple of minutes ago? And that wasn't even a minute ago. Now it's up 55. I mean, that's what we're seeing. Okay, we'll get, we'll get through it. Um, this company that I talked about before the break, BCA Research, a uh, Canadian company. I believe. I'm pretty sure they are, yeah. They had a very interesting take on the biggest fear all of us have, the unmentionable of nuclear war. They write that even though the risks have been significantly raised of some sort of nuclear apocalypse, investors, in their opinion, should nonetheless remain bullish. This is their opinion. Here's the quote. Although there is a huge margin of error around any estimate, we would assign an uncomfortably high 10% chance of a civilization-ending global nuclear war over the next 12 months. 
That's what we call a pause for effect. 10% chance. First of all, how do you even come up with that number? It's a very subjective. I, the research never even said, well, this is how we came up with it. We um, crunched the data in our supercomputer algorithm that we built. No, there's nothing like that. 10%. I mean, if you had 10 landmines in front of you and you were told nine of them are dummies and nothing will happen, but one of them will blow you to smithereens, would you do that for a million dollars, 10 million? I, maybe you would. I wouldn't. One out of 10, not worth it for me. And they're saying there's a 10% chance of the world basically ending as we know it? What? And yet they're saying buy as much in stocks as you can. All right, so hear them out. They say that if war in Ukraine continues to go badly for Russia and Putin concludes that he really has no future, that the risk then will be raised that he'll decide that no one else should have a future either and the button is pushed. Um, so that's not particularly reassuring, is it? <laughs> but then they say, despite the increased risk of nuclear war, quote, it makes sense to stay constructive on stocks over the year, betting that civilization will not actually end. If an ICBM is heading your way, the size and composition of your portfolio becomes irrelevant. Yeah, I guess that's true. Thus, from a purely financial perspective, you should largely ignore existential risk, even if you do care about it greatly from a personal perspective. So I read that and I go, okay, I can't tell if they're being a hundred percent serious minded there's a little tongue-in-cheek yeah i think i think there's a little orneriness that goes in here but man joking about nuclear risk i don't know that that's the place that we want to go right now but 10 percent let's i personally well what do i know right but you see their point if nukes are heading your way does it really matter that you were thinking about buying Coke stock and selling your IBM stock? Probably not. And I guess using their own line of thinking and reasoning, that's their point. Now, we do know, of course, the market has been coming down. And I'm telling you, there probably is embedded in some of this decline, the risk of something really going off the rails, like something that we just mentioned. I don't think it's a big part of the market decline, but I don't think we can totally discount it and ignore it. I think it's there. But here's the interesting thing. Do you know that the Dow Jones Industrial Average is down, I'm sorry, the S&P 500, uh, is down about 13% from top to bottom this year, this calendar year, 13%. The folks at Compound, that's another research company run by a guy named Charlie Bilello. He does great work, by the way. They went all the way back to 1928. So we're talking almost a century here. And they looked at every year. And they looked at the S&P 500, not what the S&P did for the year. So understand what I'm saying here. It's not that the S&P was up or down a particular percentage in 1941, and this is what it did in 1964. No, it's taking the very top of the market during that calendar year, the very bottom that the market reached during that same calendar year, and saying, okay, what was the biggest drawdown? What was the biggest internal calendar year correction? On average, the median, the median here, drawdown of 
basically 93 years here is 13%. That's sort of uncanny, isn't it, that we're there now? I don't think we're stopping. I don't think this was necessarily it, and we're just going to turn out to be average. Maybe. I don't know. And then I was looking, well, what are the biggest drawdowns? They were back-to-back, no surprise, 1931 and 1932. 1931, the market was not down 57.5% that year, but that was the biggest drawdown during the year at one point. The biggest drawdown the very following year in 1932, as the Depression was really getting deep, was 51%. That's the only two times that you've seen a more than 50% correction within that calendar year. We have had a better than 50% correction overall in bear markets. In fact, as recently as 2008, of course, we had that. The market fell uh, about 58%, but that was from late 07 into early 09. We're just talking calendar years. I did some other math based on their research. You know, only six times out of nine, basically it's 94 years if we include 2022 so far. Out of 94 years, only six times have we had less than a 5% drawdown. That's, that's, man, that's low volatility. When's the last time that ever happened? 2017. During 2017, the market never corrected more than 2.8%. That's something. It's only happened six times. However, 19 times the market has corrected more than 25% at some point. I don't, me personally, my professional opinion, we will not make it a 20th time this year. Even if the war goes worse, the market would only be halfway through its correction, basically. And I, I, I don't think, based on investor sentiment, based on the strength of the economy, yes, that's even with the Fed potentially raising rates, all of that taken into account, I don't think that we're going to see a total of a 25% correction. But is that an opinion that I'm willing to die on the hill over? No, because this is a fluid situation that we know over in the Ukraine-Russia area of the world. We know that. Anything can happen, and then you have to change your mind. And that's what you have to do as investors, folks. And I really would like more of these analysts on there willing to say, you know what, this is what I thought, but the game changed. And now I need to change my opinion. I really respect people who do that. Others will just sit there and they'll put their feet in the cement and say, well, yeah, uh, maybe I was wrong, but it wasn't my fault because this happened over there. Well, admit it. Okay, you didn't see that. That's okay. And then you have to revamp and rechange your opinion. That's fine. As we sit here today, I do not see, even if this thing gets worse before it gets better, that we'll have another 25% or more total correction here in 2022. By the way, the last time that we had a better than 25% correction within the calendar year, you should remember it, only happened a couple of years ago, I've already talked about it, in that March area, late February into late March of 2020, the market fell 34%. We've said it before that that was the that that set a record. It was the fastest fall into a bear market in history. It was also the fastest 30 percent correction in history. But we also had the biggest turnaround in history as the Fed, Treasury, government, Congress, president, everyone got together, central bank, 
all got together and said, we're going to fix this because otherwise we're going into another Great Depression. And the market rebounded smartly. All right. I'm going to completely change gears and talk about the thing that I have been passionate about as long as I remember first walking from my first birthday cake, from the first black and white highlights that I saw on a sports cast in the 1960s. It's a sport you've probably heard of before called baseball. Baseball. Um, and I'm saddened. I'm saddened about the fact, not just that there's a lockout, not that I don't have in my usual excitement that there's spring training and all's right with the world, but the fact that my sport has really suffered greatly in previous years because of a lot of missteps. One of them being that, and I don't know how you fix this. I'm no expert. Something needs to happen though. These games are way too long. When I was a kid growing up, they would last two and a half hours. I remember, I, I remember games lasting barely more than two hours at times. And if a game lasted three hours, it's like, oh man, was that a 14 inning game? But that's routine, especially over in the American League. I love baseball so much. I'll stay up on a Tuesday night and watch a Mariners-Blue Jays game. I just love the sport. I've been connected to it. As many of you know, I was a former sports reporter in the 80s and early 90s and got to know a lot of my heroes. I got to take a personal tour of Stan Musial's house, just he and I. I I got to interview Mickey Mantle and Joe DiMaggio and some of the greats. I mean, it's... It is a passion that I've had ever since I played the sport myself when I was eight years old, and I lament what's happening to it. So I'm going to address that and uh, some of the irreparable damage that's being done. That and more coming up with more at your service when we come back. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. still by heart oh i'm watching the clydesdales go around watching all the cardinal greats in the red jackets in the convertibles waving to the crowd i've got a hot dog with mustard in my hands oh my gosh i think i'm gonna cry this is what we're missing folks welcome back dave simon's along with you yes i am lamenting this baseball lockout um you know The NFL, from a popularity standpoint, surpassed baseball a while ago. That's just the facts. I hate to admit it, but that's the reality of it. And my fear is now other sports like the NBA is doing the same. 
Uh, I know in St. Louis, there's there's probably not a lot of folks who follow the NBA because, frankly, we haven't had a team since the Hawks left to Atlanta more than 50 years ago. Now, of course, I know we had the spirit in the mid-70s for a few years when a young Bob Costas got his break and started broadcasting those games in the mid-70s. I was just in Dallas over the weekend, and I went to a Mavs game there, Dallas Mavericks. For those of you who are not really up on sports in the NBA, yes, Dallas has this NBA team that it's owned by Mark Cuban, which, by the way, he was a sight to behold. If you didn't know this, Cuban attends most of the home games, and he's right there down on the first row. And he's trash-talking one of the opposing players. The Mavs are playing the Sacramento Kings, who are not very good. But the Kings were winning. They were up by 19 points on Dallas's home court. And the crowd's getting really restless. And I, I have to admit, the, the, the refs were not having a good night. And, man, they just seem to be one-sided against the Mavs. And I don't say this as some big Mavs fan. I was actually there for a different reason and just said, oh, the Mavericks are in town. I never get a chance to see an NBA game. But the calls were really kind of going against Dallas, and Cuban had had enough. So he's up there jawing against the refs. One of them in particular was staring Cuban down like, I'll throw you out of here. And he's been thrown out of games before. But I see another time, and I'm not too far away from them, uh, uh, Cuban. And he's jawing at one of the other players, and the other player is kind of giving him back. Now, I think it was all in good fun. Of course it was. But, uh, boy, he is a very active owner. If I ever owned a team, if I was a billionaire, I would be that kind of guy. I don't know that I'd be jawing with the refs. But, I, I would, I, man, I'd go to these games. I would be very fan-friendly. Anyway, I digress. The baseball lockout. This could not have come at a worse time, as if there really is a good time to have a strike or a lockout. But when you have so many Americans who are hurting economically and financially, especially on the lower end, so many people, so many Americans who are looking forward to maybe getting lost in the enjoyment of baseball at a perfect time, there should be spring training games. I know a lot of you listening right now have probably been down to Florida and at, at Jupiter and seen the Cardinals play or other sites, whether it's the Cactus League in Arizona or over in Florida or whatever. And there should be spring training games right now. And there should be excitement in the air. And we should be all talking about the Cardinals rotation, what the offense is going to look like, and what about the new manager, and how's that going to look, and everyone could be having fun and debating. Instead, we're reminded that to fill up our gas tank, we're putting more into that gas tank than we ever had before. We are reminded when we go to the grocery store that we're now paying more for certain food items than we've ever paid before. And folks on the lower end of the income and net worth scale are really struggling through that. Not to sound all populist, that's just the reality of it. And then we have gone through two years of a pandemic. We've argued with one another. We've made it political. Speaking of that, we, we're still talking about January 6th. Now we're, we're having people now actually being convicted who are there. You saw that. If you haven't seen that, that, that's happening now. So people are discussing that again and on and on and on. And now we've got Russia, Ukraine, and people have had enough. And then they look 
at the so-called millionaires and billionaires arguing over it. Now, let me stop right there and say, I've really dug into the issues, and perhaps you have too, and there are some legitimate debates going on there between the two sides. There are. I happen to be more on the player side this time. I haven't in the past, like the 94-95 strike. But this time, I think there has been more compromise and there has been more reasonable demands by the players and the owners don't seem to want to budge at this point. And I'm not the only one. There is a poll that has been conducted where fans support the players over the owners by two to one. Two to one. It was the exact opposite in 94-95. It was two to one supporting the owners. But does that even matter? That's what I would want to tell both sides, the players and the owners. Look, I know, I know if I was a player, I would I would look at this differently and go, hey, you guys, you would fight for this too if you were us. I get that. But it doesn't matter. It's the optics of this. This couldn't come at a worse time. My fear is that the great sport of baseball will be irreparably harmed by this. There will be no home run chase between McGuire and Sosa that gets everyone back like in 98. You remember that? The 94-95 strike, attendance dropped. Baseball was hurt. We saw it come back in spades a few years later when we had the great home run chase and steroids then were all the rage. Owners obviously wanted to look the other way. Players did too. The money was coming back. Fans were there. TV revenue. Okay, all is right with the world. Even the 1919 so-called Black Sox scandal, attendance dropped. But there's this guy named Babe Ruth that started assaulting the home run records back then. The Yankees became America's darling team at the time. Even the St. Louis Cardinals would win their first World Series championship in 1926, the Roaring Twenties. Baseball came back. Will it come back this time? Will it? Did this occur at the worst possible time when baseball is no longer the national pastime, which breaks my heart to admit? And it comes at a time when the rest of the world, and Americans in particular, are struggling through so many things, and they see that these guys won't even play baseball because they're arguing over billions of dollars. Oh, man. All right. I, I'm a little bit on my soapbox there, I admit. But this is very, very hurtful for someone who has been around playing baseball. I, just a quick story. I, um, I played at a charity golf tournament back in 2009 or 10. And I knew Albert Pujols was going to be there. I had no idea I was assigned to his golf cart. So I'm playing golf with Albert Pujols, and I had to be very careful because I felt like a little kid, not because it's Albert Pujols so much, but because of my love of baseball and the game. He was a little standoffish at first, the first hole or two. I get it. He's a private guy. He doesn't know me from Adam. But once I started talking about my background, and how I was actually a sports reporter when he was just a, a kid. And then how I left that industry at this, at the, back then it was 20 years ago, now it's 30 years ago. And then all of a sudden his eyes lit up. Once he learned about my passion for the game, we hit it off. Got a few selfies with him. I even asked him, hey, is it okay if I post this on Facebook? I, I know you're a private guy. He goes, oh, man, oh, go ahead. I don't care. Then he was a great guy. But it was, he could see the genuine childlike love I had for his profession. 
That will never leave me. But will it leave a lot of other people because of what's happening? Lord only knows. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. It's been uh, it's been fun. Seriously, thank you so much for tuning us in here. I, I, I wish I could actually see everybody's face. I do better in a crowd, even if it's a large crowd. But I don't think that would actually kind of work uh, on the radio. And it might be somewhat intimidating. I saw tens of thousands of, of faces right now. But seriously, it's um, it's been a real pleasure. I have no idea when I'll fill in again, but it seems to be happening about every couple of weeks. I will be on this Sunday, though, for the regular show, the one that I'm more known for, and that's the Dollars and Cents show, because after all, that is my day job. I am a certified financial planner and head up the Simons and Cordes Wealth Management Group. And that's really what I, I, I want to end on uh, tonight, because there is still obviously a lot of concern for those of you that um, who have money in the market, whether it's stocks, bonds, commodities, cash, who, who knows? I mean, Bitcoin, cryptos, all that stuff. I've said this before, but I think it bears repeating that what I like to tell people who are really, really concerned about their investments going down is you, you conduct a stress test on your uh, on your investments. Take a look at the value of everything that you've got, not the value of your home or anything like that's not a net worth exercise. This is just on investments, your 401ks or 403bs or whatever work retirement plan you have, your IRAs, your taxable money, your cash, your savings, CDs, annuities, all of that taken together. You add it all up and wipe 20% off of it today. 20% gone. Besides the sticker shock and the heartburn and having to pick yourself up off the kitchen floor because you just fainted, does that have any material impact on your life? Especially any goals or objectives that you have in the next year, 10 years, 20 years beyond? Does it change any retirement plans? If you are retired, does it change plans that you had about taking vacation or helping the grandkids with their college education? Does it? If it does, I urge you to sit down and do a forensic audit of your portfolio um, and your reasonable goals and objectives, I think, are out of line. Because if you are invested in the market, you have to understand that 20% pullbacks are not that rare. They happen. We already discussed the fact that the average drawdown in the year is 13%. And we've had 19, 25% or more occur. So it's, it's, it's not like these things never, ever happen. The reason I do that is because that should actually give you some comfort to say, oh, okay, yeah, I don't like it. But does a 20% pullback change something? Because if it does, you need to reassess and change goals and objectives. Because number one, they're probably unreasonable in that, well, I wanted to retire in five years, but a 20% hit would change that. Well, okay. Maybe you should have never thought about the fact that you could retire in five years if just a, a regular 20% pullback changes that. Or if I get 20%, um, I, I'm retired and all of a sudden, I, boy, that, I could have trouble paying the bills. 
well, then you're not spending just dividends and interest and social security or other income. You're actually spending then, it sounds to me, a big chunk of principal, right? Yeah. Well, that could be problematic. The last thing you want at age 80 is to go into a 2008 style massive bear market where the S&P drops in half. And now you'll never recover that. And you're in trouble now as you're pulling money out while your market, while your account's declining. Don't put yourself in that kind of risk. Have reasonable goals and objectives. It's great if you make more than 5% in a year. In fact, a well-diversified portfolio historically can give you better returns than that if you're properly invested. It can. You don't have to be 100% invested in stocks. You can be properly diversified. But do that. Do a 20% stress test and see how that may change your goals longer term. What are we looking at right now? We continue to underweight international. This was before Russia, Ukraine. It was really a pandemic thing. So as you're looking at your portfolio, I can't give you specifics. This is more of that 30,000 foot view from a professional. Somebody's going to be a hero investing at the right time internationally in emerging markets. Yes, we still have some. It's not like we're zero. But normally we might have a 20% stake in, in non-US stocks. We're in single digits right now. And we don't see any any time frame that we're going to increase that. There's a lot of risk there. There's always risk in the stock market. But to reduce that risk, we look at good, solid, blue chip U.S. stocks that pay dividends and dividends that are increasing. That's a little tease, folks, with more details on that. The Dollars and Cents show this coming Sunday from 3 to 5 on KMOX. Folks, it's been a great time. Again, thank you for taking time out of your evening to tune us in. My name is Dave Simons. Have a great rest of your week. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.